have not forgotten how to do this since it has been a few days since Edge of URC podcast has been on the podcast airwaves. I apologize for the delay, for the non-existence of a couple shows for about five days, but my body had had enough. I had to go to urgent care. I had an inflamed organ and it didn't want to cooperate. I could not get up. I could not walk without severe pain. I had to make money to pay the bills, so I made sure I went to work every day and you know struggled there. But when I got home, I could not sit in the chair or do anything, any kind of editing, any anything. So sorry about the delay. We're back though. Got plenty of awesome stuff on this episode and pretty much for the rest of the week. I have them scheduled out until Sunday. All kinds of awesomeness. What else can we say? Even though I was in agonizing pain, I was still able to talk to some people and get some interviews. You know, my mouth will never stop talking, so <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. I wasn't in enough pain to stop talking to people. That was a plus. So this is your healthy host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Brandon Lachance. This is episode 53. First and foremost, want to thank Brian Cavelli for the intro and outro track. Much love, very much appreciated, most definitely. Don't know where you heard this podcast, this episode, but if you want to share, if you want to keep listening on a different channel, different outlet, Edge of URC Podcast is on Spotify, Google Music, and Apple Music iTunes. Plus, we are on social media everywhere. You can hit us up on Facebook, Edge of URC Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of URC P. If you'd like to send an email, send suggestions, questions, criticisms, anything you wish, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com, and you could also send donation money if you would like. Donation money is never, never a bad idea. <laughs> anyway, on this show, this episode, we have Mendota's girl basketball coach, John Hansen, and junior all-star, all-player, all-world, everything, Amelia Bromenschinkel. And we have St. Bede girls basketball coach, Tom McGonagall, and senior Cassidy Brady. St. Bede finished the season 10-25, losing a Class 1A Putnam County sectional final to Aurora Christian. They did win a regional for the first time in seven years. And... I talk about it all through the interviews with the St. Bede representatives. They started the season 1-16. and Insane. Great turnaround at the end of the year to pull out some wins and get that regional championship and get to the sectional final. Insanely awesome. In Class 2A, Mendota lost to Riverdale in a Stillman Valley regional semifinal. Riverdale is at the state tournament. And they only lost to him 39-31. Man, that was tough. John Hansen talks about this too. He didn't know they were going to get to state. When I talked to him, it was the sectional final game. It is actually in the background. I'm talking to Bromo and John Hansen at the sectional final between Riverdale and Winnebago, which everybody thought Winnebago was going to win, and then Riverdale Got out of there with a 45-34 win. Very surprising. Tough defense. Three-point shooters that can knock it down in clutch. And they did. When Mendota finishes 21-11, Bromo has one more year 
but her junior year is going down as one of the best seasons in Mendota history. 823 points, averaged 25.7 points per game. The 823 is a school record, the most that has ever been scored in a season. Set the school record with 393 rebounds and 130 steals in a season, both school records. That is an average of 12.5 rebounds and 4.1 steals per game. She had 84 assists for 2.4 a game, and she averaged one block a game as she had 32 on the season. Listen to her game highs for points. 51, 43, 41, 35, 34, 31, and 31. That is more than a lot of people score in a career. Insane. Rebounds, these are game highs, not season. 21, 20, 20, 19, 16, 15, 15. Steals, she had five steals in a game 10 times. Six steals in a game four times. Three games, she had eight steals, and her season high for a game was nine steals in a game. Insane, and if I remember right, that could have been a triple-double game. I think she had more than 10 rebounds, more than 10 points, and she was that close to a triple-double. But she did end up getting two triple-doubles on the season and had 26 double-doubles. First team, all big Northern Conference, as she led the conference in points, rebounds, steals, and she was fifth in assists. That is super crazy. Bromo is an awesome player, and she is a great person to talk to. I am glad she joined me for this podcast, as well as John Hansen, Tom McGonagall, and Cassidy Brady. Had a great time talking to all three of them. All three were great guests and gave us a lot of stuff to just, wow, that's cool. Like, hey, thanks for sharing. It was pretty awesome. Future shows. Like I said, I have them scattered out for the rest of the week to Sunday. Not even scattered out, in a row. Today is Wednesday, it is Wednesday night about 10 o'clock. I was waiting for all the scores for the games. I will get this up tonight, which will probably be Thursday morning, and then I'll do the same Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just see where we're at on Sunday to see how many I plug out next week. Guaranteed three, we'll see how many more than that. For the rest of the week, I have LaSalle Peru girls basketball coach Hollis Vickery and senior Rhiannon Skoog. I also have Fieldcrest girls basketball coach Mitch Neely and senior Hannah Baker. I have Rob McNally, the LaSalle Peru swimming coach who is taking four guys to the state tournament on Saturday. That is amazing. I have two state qualifying wrestlers, Luke Fleming from Ottawa who finished fifth and Peyton Perino who finished fourth. Fleming was fifth at 132 and Perino was fourth at heavyweight, which is 285. I will also have Nick Izzo, who is out at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and made me very jealous of the weather that they had out there. I talked to him a little while ago. He works for a company called F2, which works on training guys to get them to the next level of basketball, whether it's camps for kids or camps for high schoolers, or workouts and things for guys in college trying to get to the NBA. 
they also do stuff with NBA guys. So it was really cool to talk to the next level training-wise, focus, mentality of what you're doing with the game. That was really cool with Nick Izzo. Don't want to talk much more what I was doing with those guys, but I wanted to tell you who is on the show for the rest of the week. A lot of awesome guests, a lot of different conversations that go in all kinds of different ways. It is fantastic. Well, like I said, I waited to do the show until I had all the scores that I wanted to talk about in boys and girls basketball. We will start with boys, do some 1A action. 1A and 2A playoffs started on Monday for the boys. At the Polo Regional, number 12 Amboy and number 5 Lemoy, Ohio were knocked out by number 3 Pecatonica. Pecatonica beat Amboy 78-47 in the quarterfinal. And then in Wednesday's semifinal, defeated Lemoyne, Ohio, 84-44. At the Rockford Christian Life Regional, number one Indian Creek moves to 32-0 on the season. 31-0 after a 71-15 victory over number 15, Our Lady of Sacred Heart. And then on Wednesday, in the semifinal, defeated number eight, Duran, 87-52. Indian Creek moves on to the regional final at 7 p.m. Friday against either Earlville or Rockford Christian Life. Earlville is the sixth seed. Rockford Christian Life is the fourth seed. I have scoured for scores. I have looked everywhere. Like I said, it's after 10 o'clock. Still don't see one. If you're going on seeds, it's Rockford Christian Life. If you're going on location, I'd rather it be Earlville. They deserve to get to a regional final, but... If you ask me, it looks like Indian Creek is going to knock them both out of the playoffs. So, But I would like to see Irville get in there. That is definitely what I would like to see. At the Putnam County Regional, number 11 Putnam County defeated number 9 Henry Sinatuan, 73-57 in the quarterfinal. But then Putnam County ran into the buzzsaw known as the number one seeded Yorkville Christian. They defeated the... Panthers 74-43 Wednesday's semifinal. They will meet Gardner South Wilmington in the regional final 7 p.m. on Friday. Gardner South Wilmington defeated Depew in the quarterfinal 69-36. Number 7 St. B defeated number 12 Midland in the quarterfinal 82-61 to set up a showdown between Gardner South Wilmington and St. B on Wednesday. Unfortunately for the Bruins and me, because I kind of like the Bruins, actually I like them a lot, wanted to see them win, they fell 57-45. Paul Hart had 20 points for the Bruins and Luke Story had 14. Barring any craziness or any injuries, both will be back for St. Bede next year. I'm really looking forward to that because both of them are getting better and better and better as seasons and years go on here. In the Salmonac Regional, number 6 Marquette defeated number 8 Seneca 55-52 in the quarterfinal, but then lost to number 2 Salmonac 53-38 in Wednesday's semifinal. And as I'm reading these, I'm not saying it every time, but much love and congrats to our local teams and all these teams for everything that they're able to do throughout the season. I mean... It takes a lot of hard work and dedication to get to regional finals, sectionals, state, everything. Everything takes a lot of effort, and you're playing against people that are putting in just as much effort or more 
and the pieces and cogs for a great team change every year and what it takes for each team to get to a different level because you have to be better than the next team or play better at least that day better than that team. And it is a lot harder than you think. A lot of people say luck is in it, not just skill and talent. I don't really believe in luck, but I do know it takes everything that you have as a coach, as a player, as everything. So I might just be like glancing over these or just saying school names and scores, but there's much appreciation for all of them. In 2A, I am going to break down the Princeton sectional, regional by regional, so all four regionals in the Princeton sectional, all the teams that I am super interested in, I'm interested in all of them, but the ones I am super interested in are in the Princeton sectional. So we'll start with the Rock Falls Regional, work our way down the brackets. Number one, Newman, Sterling Newman, and an Erie Prophetstown season with a 62-27 semifinal win on Wednesday. Newman will now meet number five, Rock Falls, in the regional final at 7 p.m. on Friday after Rock Falls defeated number four, Knoxville, 62-55. At the Winnebago Regional, after number eight, Oregon defeated number nine, Stillman Valley, 55-37 in the quarterfinal on Monday. They ran into number two, Winnebago. Bago ends up winning 69-63, six-point victory behind Derek Rosenstiel's 39 points. Number three, El Paso Gridley defeated number six, Hall, 74-55. Winnebago will now meet EPG at the regional title game, 7 p.m. on Friday. In the quarters, EPG defeated number 13, Mendota, 58-21, and Hall took out number 11, Byron, 62-54. In the other two regionals, the Illinois Valley Central, which we all call IVC, which is in Chillicothe. I believe this is the biggest upset of two-way playoffs and maybe of all playoffs. Number seven, Princeton, Upset number one Kiwani 60 to 56 in the semifinal to find themselves in Thursday's IVC title game 7 p.m. against number five Fieldcrest. Kiwani has been a juggernaut all season. They have three seniors who could all put up 25 points any night they wanted to. Great rebounders, play good defense. Princeton knocks them off. That is awesome. They're in the same conference, Three Rivers Conference East Division. So they see each other, they know each other. Princeton just did some homework and got the W. Congrats to the Tigers, that's awesome. So they're in the title game against Fieldcrest. And Fieldcrest defeated number four IVC 65-51 Wednesday in the semifinals. So those are two teams I'm definitely interested in, Princeton and Fieldcrest. I am definitely curious of what's gonna happen in that game. Going to be crazy. In the Mercer County Regional, which is the last regional in the Princeton sectional, number two Rock Ridge defeated Alleman 53-46 in a semifinal. And number three Orion defeated Monmouth Roseville 73-60 to set up the Mercer County Regional Final at 7 p.m. Friday between Rock Ridge and Orion. Before we jump into our girls basketball interviews with Mendota and St. Bede representatives, run down the 1A and 2A stuff. No local teams in our area involved, but the 
This is Illinois. I love Illinois sports. I've been to most of these towns, so I want to give them all the props I can. If there were more days in the week, I would try to interview people from all of these schools all the time. I try to branch out as much as I can, but I also do want to show love and loyalty to the places I've been to, the coaches I've talked to, players that I know, and stuff like that. So, But I do branch out. I would branch out everywhere if there was more days and more time to do these podcasts. That's no doubt about that. So in girls 1A, state semifinals are Friday, just a couple days away. And those are, of course, at Illinois State University, the Redbird Arena. Eastland is going to take on Shiloh, which is a high school in Hume, Illinois, at 11 a.m. on Friday. Eastland is the team that knocked out Amboy 59-58. They hit a three-pointer with five seconds left on the clock. It was on ESPN Sports Center, May number nine. I heard Amboy girls were crying in school for like the next two or three days. Very heartbroken, disappointed. This was a season that Amboy thought that all the pieces were in place for them to at least get to a state tournament. Don't know about a state championship. Nobody knows about that. But to get to the state tournament, they had a two-point lead with five seconds left. And Eastland drills a three. Man, that had to be heartbreaking. And Amboy had defeated Eastland two times earlier in the season. They always say trying to knock out a team three times during a season is very tough. In the super sectional, after they defeat Amboy by one, Eastland beats Chicago Hope 77-38. Amboy might be Eastland's toughest competition throughout the whole tournament if they don't lose. Shiloh got to the state tournament by beating Aukville 57-50 in the super. The other 1A state semifinal is at 1 p.m. and it is between Aurora Christian and Lewiston. Aurora Christian has been on a roll since the sectional semifinal. So sectional semifinal through the super, they have averaged 55.7 points per game while only allowing 22 points per game. They did that by knocking out St. Bede 52-19 in the sectional semifinal. They beat Gardner South Wilmington 62-29 in the sectional final. And then in the super, beat Salt Fork 53-18 on a roll. Lewiston made it to the state semifinals by knocking out Father McGivney, which is in Glen Carbon, 64-46. The state championship for 1A is... Saturday at 1 p.m. In girls 2A hoops state semifinals on Friday. The first one is at 5.30 p.m. between Pleasant Plains and Riverdale. Like I said earlier, Riverdale won the Mendota sectional, shocked Winnebago, barely slid past Mendota, but they're ready. They defeated DePaul College Prep in the Super 41-28. So their toughest game to this moment is Mendota. Pleasant Plains made it to the state semifinal by beating Quincy Notre Dame 46-34 in the Super. At 7.15 p.m. on Friday in the other 2A state semifinal is Carterville versus Chicago Marshall. I know Carterville very well. I went to school my college years at SIU in Carbondale. Carterville is right outside of there. I worked for the Carterville Courier, which was actually my very, 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 very first professional journalism job. I started there as a freshman in college 
in February of 2005. So Carterville is very close to my heart. Did a lot of football games there, a lot of basketball games, a couple playoff games for both basketball and football. So it is awesome to see the girls team in the state semifinals. Carterville defeated Totopolis, which we call T-Town, 57-55 in the Super, just skated by, and Marshall knocked out Seneca, 65-35. The title game for Class 2A in girls' hoops is at 7-15 on Saturday. Girls 3A and 4A action is, of course, going on as well. They're in the sectional finals. Those are going to be Thursday, which is tomorrow. Washington, which defeated LaSalle, Peru, 54-35 in the Washington Regional Semifinal. They fell to Morton, 49-22. Morton is in the Rock Island Sectional Final at 7 p.m. on Thursday against Peoria. And Peoria beat Kankakee, 62-51 in the Sectional Semifinal. Peoria, been there a million times. Rock Island, been there a million times. Kankakee, when I was in college, I used to take the train to Kankakee and friends or my mother or family would pick me up in Kankakee and we'd go from there. So definitely lots of memories and fond sports moments at all these towns. Well, I already give you Bromo stats. Told you Mendota went 21 and 11 on the season. St. Bede went 10 and 25 on the season. Tom McGonagall. Cassidy Brady from St. Bede, John Hansen, Amelia Bromenschickel from Mendota. Thank you very much for coming on. Hopefully you enjoyed these interviews. They were fantastic and a pleasure to do. Like I said, I will be back all week. Of course, I am your host, Brandon Lachance. This is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Please keep listening. Stay in tune. This is fun for me. Hopefully it's as fun for you. I will keep updating all the girls and boys basketball scores to keep us all updated. It's good to know what's going on in the state of Illinois when it comes postseason time. Well, until next time, peace. So we have the Class 2A Mendota sectional in the background. I'm sitting here with Mendota Junior Amelia Bromenschinkel and Coach John Hansen. We're going to talk some Mendota basketball, some girls basketball in general. We'll start with Amelia here. I have to ask you about your number two all-time list, Mendota scoring. That was a huge thing in the area. Had to be a good feeling for you. Yeah, I mean, it's been one of my goals since I came in as a freshman to get up high on the all-scoring list. It's cool to see how far I've come in three years. I'm excited to see what I can do next year. Definitely. Only 500-ish behind Jackie Bice. What's that mean for you going into next year? I mean, it's, it's not going to be something I'm going to think about going into the year. I'm, I'm going to try to break this season's record next year. So... I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to think about it till it's there. Perfect. And you set the record this year, 823? Mm-hmm. What was it about this year? I mean, 823 in a season, that is a crazy number. I mean, it was flowing. Just in the off season, I think I improved a lot. I improved my strength and quickness and my shot for sure. Definitely, I changed that completely over the years. So I think it all just came together last year. I'm going to try to do it again this year and get even better. Definitely. In the off season, was it a, I guess, a mindset like, hey, I'm going to try to be good at everything so they can't stop me? Coming in, I needed to improve my strength. So that was definitely something I focused on the off season um, and my shot. I needed to improve my range to get open shots from farther back. So those are both things that I tried to improve on. 
Did you feel more comfortable from three this year than a season ago? Yeah, for sure. I practiced my threes a lot on the off season. I don't know, as a freshman and sophomore, I wasn't completely confident with my shot. I mean, I, I was from mid-range, but not from the three. So I think this year I definitely took a step forward in that. Definitely. Outside of individual goals, I know the team wanted to go further than it did. You guys got a six seed in a pretty tough sectional, tough subsectional as well. So just talk about what you guys try to do in the postseason and moving forward with returning a lot of players, including yourself, what you hope to do next year. I mean, we're a young team, so next year is definitely going to be a good one for sure because we have almost everyone returning back and we have some young people that I think are going to be able to step up. This year, I think we just weren't quite ready for the regional games, but next year I'm hoping that our team will be smarter and better and we'll be able to go farther. Do you think another full year or, you know, an off-season, complete off-season, complete? I think the summer is definitely going to be where we're going to be able to work, like, get better every day. The good thing about these things is I can edit this out, so don't even worry no, about don't, it. Don't, don't edit it out, I wanted to say. Just keep it in there? Perfect, I will. <laughs> I'm going to keep all of this in there. It's staying. This is good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. What are some things you think as a team that you guys were kind of maybe weak or needed to get better at this year to next year? I think we're just inexperienced, definitely. A couple of our starters like weren't here for a year. Or they played sophomore or they played down, so they weren't ready for varsity experience, and we kind of just threw them in there. So I think with this year they'll be way better next year they'll know what to expect and be able to compete better with you as the season went on i mean you know we talk about your scoring and stuff like that but you do everything for the team steals assists get your teammates involved was that easier to do as the season went on playing with them a little bit more yeah because this year uh, it was a completely different team because we lost everyone last year so I've played with these people before, but it was in middle school, so it was different. We had to get like readjusted and learn each other, like how to everyone plays again. So next year will definitely be better. Especially from junior high to high school, yeah. a lot of things change. Yeah. Heights, speed, you know, everything mm -hmm. changes. So a little little gelling time there. Yeah. Perfect. Anything else you want to say about the team? No. Your side? No. no. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> Last chance. I'm good. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Amelia. Right, Appreciate thanks. it. All right, John. You had the task of coming into a, a pretty tough regional, you know, looking into what were you hoping your team could do and what did you think of what you guys were able to do? We were definitely peaking at the right time. We were playing our best basketball uh, when it mattered. I didn't say to the girls, I didn't want to freak them out, but you know, last year I wasn't nervous. I'll be honest with you, I didn't, didn't think we had it. We, we didn't have a much of a shot at winning that regional. The year before, I thought we were going to win it, so I wasn't nervous. This year, I was the first time I was nervous because I knew we could, but I knew it was going to be tough. It was a crazy one for me. I was trying not to show anybody that I was freaking out a little bit, but I knew, I, mean, I knew we had to play our, our best game. And as far as the tough regional part, you got to beat them all anyway. So once you figure out, like, hey, it doesn't matter if we beat them now or in the section or whatever, you know, it's you got to get that out of your head and realize you just got to take care of business. For me, it was a consistency thing. We come and play lockdown defense on Rock Falls and then let Oregon score 50 on us. You know, we just we never found the consistency defensively. Offensively, we were rolling by the end of the year. I mean, we were averaging over 50 most of the time in the second half. Aside from like two games where we were under 40, it was more of our defense just kind of. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd shut a team down, like I said, Rock Falls, who had a two-ball conference in the BNC 
a shooter in a, in a post. And then, you know, Plano went off on us a little bit. So I think it was our defense in the end that, that kept us from getting where we want to get. So you guys lost to Riverdale 39-31? Yep. What about that game? I mean, it was close. What happened at the end there? They did a real good job defensively. They just they had a real aggressive man defense. I hate I, you know you don't sound like an idiot saying that, but I thought we were the better team. Uh, we didn't play, we didn't execute better. Um, I, I, Amelia had like, sorry, Bromo. She doesn't like when I say Amelia. Bromo had probably five threes that were like that I still think went in and popped back out. And we got him where we wanted him in the end. There we started following him. They started missing their free throws. I want to say six in a row they got the rebounds on. It was just, and it wasn't for lack of effort. They were just bad bounces or you know whatever it was we just couldn't couldn't get our hands on them and, and couldn't get the threes to fall when we needed them and, and then obviously she fouled out with what like three four minutes to go um, <clears throat> big ordeal we got on page about it she was supposed to be our assistant coach this year and she had the book and failed to inform us that she had four fouls so she had her fifth foul and it was a real casual like full court like hip bump and I'm like, bro, that's your fifth foul. Like, why'd you just do like this most casual foul on the planet? Like, and just kind of act like nothing happened. And then she's shrugging at me. Her dad was like, check the book. They were, then it got me thinking maybe we didn't. And then, so yeah, that was a huge factor of it. Again, losing by eight and having your girl that's averaging 26 on the bench kind of probably makes a big difference there. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. The thing's happening. It's Thanks. all part of the learning yes. process. Yes. Going forward, you know, as I asked her, going forward, what would you like to see improved with the team or things that you would like to see difference, change that make the team better? Um, like I said, finding, finding ourselves defensively. Um, I'd like to see us be a little bit more aggressive, consistently aggressive, 50-50 balls, that kind of stuff. I, you know, if, if we're going to go far next year, we know we can do it offensively. We need to get better at those kind of things. You know, don't give teams a chance to hang around with us. And then we, we have to get our IQ up a little bit. But the summer's going to be, the summer's huge. I think if if we had commitment this summer, it's a different story this year. We didn't. There was a lot of times it was it was me, Bromo, and and Bocas in the gym. We didn't have a full the full commitment this year. Uh, O'Donnell wasn't going out until the last minute. Uh, Fitzgerald wasn't going out until last minute. Um, so that's going to be the big one for me. If we're going to put in the time, we're going to get our fix our shots um, and take that next step. You know, the sky's it's it's the sky's the limit for us next year as far as what we want to you know how far we want to go. Definitely. Senior wise, are you losing two or three? Losing two. Too. That's Anna Bocas and, and Bianca. Yeah, it's a pretty cool uh, losing a six-footer and replacing her with one. So that's a luxury we haven't had in the past that we're, you know, it's going to be nice. The Bocas will be a tough one. Um, we got to find that, just that consistent shooter. She was pretty huge for us, um, getting Bromo some space with that three. That's the one we'll miss the most as far as replacing, you know. So hopefully someone steps up for that in that spot. So having a player like Bromo on your team, what are the kind of players that – you can't really recruit, you can't pick who you want around her, but the kind that you can develop. So what are the kind of players that you're trying to develop around an elite area talent like Roman? Uh The two, two things I'm always saying. One, you know, the, you have no pressure at this point. Like, your job is to, is to be a role part. You know, do your job. A, look for her when you can, when she's hot, find her. But the other part is execute when, you, when they're doubling her. Make a couple shots and, and it changes everything. You know, you're going to be open. You know, if they're going to take two girls and double her, you're left with the third best girl. So be able to capitalize on that. And then being strong with the ball. She's more of a two guard. She'd be better at two guard. Like you talked about her three, it's hard to come down against a box and one and get open threes, you know, if you're bringing the ball down. You need someone to step up, be able to handle the basketball so she can get rid of it. We can get her loose a little bit and be able to get some threes. Um, that's the biggest thing offensively. We've No one's stepped up to that role. 
hopefully we can get some in the gym working this year on our ball handling and our more of a strength with the ball, not even necessarily handling the ball, but being stronger and being smarter with it. And then not being afraid to shoot because she crashes the board boards hard. She had like three games with 20 rebounds. Not being afraid to shoot, take a good shot, and crash the boards. We already got your loud mouth on here, so you're... <laughs> <laughs> you did it on purpose, I know. <laughs> Mine either, I know how it works. Uh, it must be halftime of this game. We got uh, lots of people in the concession area here. Yeah, it's a good time to not be in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I know you didn't want to be around this game. Unfortunately, lost to both teams this year, Winnebago and Riverdale. But being that you did play them, which team do you think is better and has a chance of winning the uh, section? Winnebago as, as the more talent. Um, Riverdale plays above their talent, which is what I'm always saying to the girls. At some point, you have to be able to play above your talent, whether it means you're working hard defensively, you're grabbing boards, all the stuff that doesn't, you know, doesn't take skill. And that's what Riverdale does really well. Vago's more talented. They have the best player out there for sure in that Mia Brown, uh, only a sophomore, by the way. So that's, I imagine she's going to get even better. But they're definitely the better team. I think Riverdale has the better shooters, like from three when they're when they're hot. But I think a matter, I haven't seen the score, but defensively Riverdale can stick with them. They have a real good man defense, so it should be. I would assume it's a signing game. Cool. Who would you pick? I'd say Winnebago, too. Same reasons. Same reasons. Right. Anything else you guys want to add? All right. I don't think so. Well, thanks for uh, having me interrupt your concession selling thing that you had going on here. <laughs> were you happy I got you out of there for a minute? I'm guessing they're getting yelled at for the hot dogs being gone right now, so I'm glad we're not in there. I hear the Lady Trojans cannot keep hot dogs in the concessions. They're not. They do not look like something you want to get. I'm just from the outside. They don't look like, they don't look good. <laughs> like who was eating those things anyway? That kind of deal? Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe they look better when they've been in the in the bun for a while, but they pulling them out of the water, they didn't look good. No complaints as far as how they taste, though. It's just that yeah. they're gone, so. <laughs> well, that was definitely an entertaining interview, to say the least. During the Class 2A Mendota Girls Basketball sectional, like I have said previously a couple times, Riverdale went on to win. And everybody picked Winnebago, including John Hansen, myself, Amelia Broman-Schinkel. I talked to about five, six other people at the game. They all picked Winnebago. And of course, Riverdale pulled it out. I have to send a special shout-out to Vice Principal Joe Massini who was the guy yelling in the background, looked right at John and I, knowing exactly what he's doing, then walks by us and is talking to us while we're doing the interview. He's like, ah, oh, it's not my first rodeo. I don't know what I'm doing here. And we knew what he was doing. He's been the same guy since we were in high school. John graduated in 05. I graduated in 04 from Mendota. Mr. Massini was a shop teacher then and has worked his way up into administration roles. So it was good to see him. It was hilarious. Him being the guy that I remember yelling in the background on purpose. I left it on there because I thought it was funny. He's a funny guy. It was good to see him. Now we move on to the St. Bede representatives and Coach Tom McGonagall, followed by Senior Cassidy Brady. And of course, thanks to both of them for spending some time with Edge of Your Seat Podcast to talk about the miracle Cinderella-like season that they had. Like I said, started off 1-16 and 10-5 and with the regional championship, the first since 2013 for the program. It's a Sunday. 
all kinds of things to do. I just got done doing laundry, which is never a fun task. My guest, St. B. Girls basketball coach Tom McGonagall, ready for a nap? Cook out with some steaks? Is that what I hear? Well, you know, on this uh, 50, 60 degree day, uh, Brandon, you know, why not? Take, take a little nap, uh, a little basketball in the background, and then uh, get on out there and, and do one of my favorite things is uh, jump, in, jump in front of the grill and cook some steaks. So, uh, yeah, sounds like a good day for me. Yeah, it sounds like a good day for everybody. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> before we got on here, I was like, all right, what time's dinner? What time, what time should I be over? <laughs> Come on over. Anytime you see the smoke coming out of the garage, it's, it's all good to go. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I have you on for another time this girls' basketball season. St. Bede wrapped up the sectional semifinal against Aurora Christian. And unfortunately, it was a loss for you guys, but a pretty awesome season to end with. It really was. You know, uh, we, we got down towards the, the last week of the season and, um, you know, just kind of turned, turned my focus after after the seedings came out to, uh, to preparing the girls uh, you know, for the postseason march. You know, the last thing I said to him when we left the locker room at, at Sterling Newman was, uh, you know, it's all in how you finish. That's what everybody's going to remember. And who won the Super Bowl? You know, it's Kansas City Chiefs. You know, who they play? I don't know. How many games they win? I don't know. You know, but you remember that they, that they won the Super Bowl. That's what we went in with. And we started fresh. You know, so, well, you know, welcome to the season. And after game one, it was, you know, hey, we're undefeated. One and all. It's one of our one of our accomplishments. We want to be undefeated. So, um, you know, just, just real kudos to them because they're, they're, the girls' mentality just, just stayed strong. Uh, day in and day out all through the season it, it's a long season um 35 ball games uh way way more than what we used to play you know it's a grind i think uh looking back on practices we had 48 practices so you know, we were together 83 times including a couple team dinners and a couple team events that we did so that's that's a lot of time to be spending with me so <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta take a little sympathy for them but uh but you know here at the at the end of the season so that's what they're gonna remember they're gonna remember the regional championship and a shot to take on aurora christian again who's just a, a fine ball club bernie wilkie we've gotten to know through the ibca the past couple of years um it's got a tremendous amount of talent. I'm sure we'll be seeing them next weekend down, uh, down at Redbird Arena. So. Definitely. Let's go over the postseason. We start with the St. Bede Regional. Of course, this is Class 1A. You guys defeat Depew in the first game, 58-5. You did enter as the 5 seed. Depew was the 11. Then you go to the semifinal and defeat Varna, who was the 3 seed. You defeated them, 57-29. And then in an upset in the regional final, St. Bede, number 5, defeated Putnam County, number 2, 40-19. Just speak about that game and what was going on in your head as you guys got a big lead and just kept on rolling. Well, you know, we had played Putnam County during a Christmas tournament and lost to him by five at that point, 37-32. I knew in my heart that we were a, a much improved ball club and, and figured that, that Jared improved his team as well. I mean, you can't you can't not improve over the season and stuff as long as you stay healthy and, you know, everybody kind of gets clicking. And you know, my, my sophomores, you know, no longer were, were inexperienced sophomores. You know, they had a, a season underneath them. And, you know, that's, and that's true for everybody. You know, you just continue to gain that experience. So going into it, I felt confident. I don't know that. I felt 20 points confident, but um, but I, I felt confident that, that it was going to be a, a solid ball game. You know, we were able to, uh, you know, going to be able to, to hang out and keep it at least as close as it was back at Christmas and hopefully get a chance to, to eke it out. And we came out probably as, as relaxed as and, and as loose as, as we had been all season long. Just got off to a, a really solid start and, and not just not just on the offensive end where, where we were scoring points and, and got, I don't know, 11-0, 12-0 lead or something like that at the beginning. I think we were 14-2 at the end of the first quarter. But 
defensively, the girls were just responding and reacting. And, and, you know, the whole week leading up to that, the day of practice that we had before then, because we played played Monday and Tuesday against a few Midland and then and then played again on Thursday. We, did, we just did a lot of um, handicapped defensive drills where we were four on three and the defense had three and offense had four and we were five on four. And for me, that gets us reacting and that gets us rotating and really just kind of sharpens the skills that, that we like to see in our man-to-man defense. And I just having an understanding of what Putnam County wanted to do and what they did to us, um, you know, offensively and what we'd seen them do uh, on Tuesday night against the right. The coaches had a great understanding of the game plan and what was going on, and they just they just executed so well and, and were just so in tune with each other that um, just a great win. I mean, just just a great solid ball game for us um, to, to get the regional championship. So just couldn't be any more proud of them. And I had somebody come up to me the day after and say, you know what, I was, I was kind of looking for you there at the end of the game while you weren't jumping around and stuff. And I'd kind of gotten swallowed up in the emotion of it all. It was just... I was just so focused throughout the the whole game of of executing and and you know, being able to give instruction as far as what I saw Putnam County trying to do, what I wanted us to do, how I wanted us to attack and get the ball into people. That you know, as, as those closing seconds were ticking off and, and we just kind of held the ball for the last minute there and kind of dribbled it out. I just it just all hit me all of a sudden that it was over that that was it. We'd accomplished what we had set out to to get at the beginning of the week and for that group to, to make that our 10th win of the season in that fashion it was just amazing just incredible uh, I was so proud and so happy for the seniors because uh, Christine and Andy and Cass and Macy pushed and pushed and they led and they worked their tails off and the sophomores with their talent and ability just for them to be able to to accomplish a championship in their, their first varsity full varsity season is um, sets a tone for, for coming in for next year so it was uh, it was great just a great night this had to be a roller coaster of a season for you. You start the season one and sixteen, and ten and twenty-five. So you ended the season nine and nine, and yeah. you win the first regional championship for the squad since two thousand thirteen. So as a coach, you must have been holding on for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was all strapped in. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you know, fr- frustrated at, at times, yes. Uh, jubilant at times, no doubt about it. Every day it was just. All right, what, what are we going to work on today? What, what are we going to improve upon today? And, you know, it, it made it exciting and it, and it made it a challenge, not just, you know, for the entire team, but but individually. Leah Smajinski, working back from a concussion, suffered against Putnam County back, back at the Christmas tournament, missed about a month. Grace Moshman, who worked her way into the, into the starting lineup because of, of just some tenacity and some steady play, and uh, she played good defense and just somebody you could, you could just count on. To Leah Bosnick and Ryan Stout inside, and 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 trying to get those two to, to be on the on the floor at the same time on offense and defense, you know, just working that that lineup around, and, and then Christine Seneca, you know, the, the third post that that you know we had just really came on strong that week, and just had a had an aggressive streak about her going to Ren, you know, just kind of directing and guiding the offense, and you know, had the great game against Depew, had a very very solid game against Midland, was and was just completely steady against Putnam County on both ends of the floor, and just just created some things for us both offensively and defensively. Everybody came in and contributed. Peyton Giordano and, and, and Abby Nawa, you know, the last couple games of the season just really kind of kind of started to find their, their, their role and their niche and, and their stroke. Everybody just became plug and play, plug and play, and, and here we go. It just all clicked, and in, and in my mind, you could just see it and feel it in our, in, our, in our starting lineup, and then our rotation coming off of the bench and then rotating back through everybody. Again, it was just that, that day-to-day work and just never... Like I said, yeah, frustrated and jubilant, but but never given up. 
you know, never, never saying that this is a wash, there's nothing here, there's nothing we can do, we're not going to be able to do anything, blah, blah, blah. Never washing your hands of anything and just and just continuing to believe in them and continue to push them because, I mean, there, there's still talent that, that needs to come out. We're getting ready now for, for postseason stuff, you know, after-season stuff, I guess I should say, you know, uh, where we get together and start talking about, you know, hey, how the season was, recap the season, review the season, and then start talking about what we're going to do in the summer, what, what next year may look like, and, and what we're going to do, and what we need to work on individually and as a team. Getting into that situation, everything just kind of built upon themselves. Whether we had won the night before or lost the night before, had a good practice, had a bad practice. Um, hey, new day, come back in and, and let's just keep working. And just kind of just kind of kept that mentality and that focus all the way through. And I don't know what made them stay with it, but they but they, but they sure the girls sure stuck with it and, and and stayed with each other. And that's testimony to how to how close they were and how much they believed in in themselves and how much they believed in, in them being together and as a team and, and what they could accomplish. And they were the ones that made it happen. So you can only get them, get them through the game on time and, and line them up and give them a little direction. They, they've got to handle the rest, and, and they certainly handled it pretty well. Was there a moment, you know, whether it be in practice or a game or, you know, an instance where you started to see the things change from the 1-16 and 16 to putting things together where this could be a winning basketball team? Was there a moment or something that you saw that, like, okay, this is time? I think we just kind of grew into it. I don't think that there was a there was a flash moment because there were, there were flashes all year long about you know the the talent that this team could have. You know, you even go back to our to our first win in the first half of the season against Bureau Valley. You know, we were down down fourteen to four at halftime, and uh, and ended up pulling out twenty to nineteen. I mean, and that's just. It's just crazy. That's those are just crazy numbers and a crazy deficit to, to overcome and come back from. And and so there was there was that. And and then there was really the Christmas tournament where where I felt we played strong, um, but we played strong against some strong competition in Seneca, Fieldcrest, Kiwani, and Putnam County. Um, but that we just we just didn't have it at that time. It was was kind of starting to build it. We were, we were kind of getting a little comfortable with ourselves and who we were. And then we just kind of just kind of let it evolve and. It was just day to day, just um, just just going through it and, and saying, hey, you know what, we're we're going to get there, we're going to get there, and then you get a lead in the game and you're playing, and now you've got to learn to win those games, you know. Um, now you've got to learn to finish these games, and uh, we've got to learn to hold on and 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 let's work on this and just steps and, and just steps and just and just believing and feeling and knowing that if it ever clicked in a game that it was that it was going to be really good. We go out to Kiwani the last week of the regular season, and Kiwani had beat us by. 17 and 20 each of the first two times that we played them and here we are we've got to lead the entire way up until literally the last minute of the game to Kiwani's credit they, they, they came and took it to us and, and, and took the win from us but even at that with, with the frustration and devastation of that loss and stuff you know we came back in the next day to practice and, and it was like okay here we're focused on Newman and we're focused on ourselves and, and we're just going to keep going and so just day in and day out of, of the girls coming back the next day to work and coming back and, and learning and growing and, and staying together and just believing in who they were and, and what they could become. It, it, there really wasn't a flash moment. It was just it was just the growth of a team. And what a time to have the growth hit its peak, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you want to, uh, you know, you give me the choice of, of winning the first three games or winning the last three games of the season, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the last three games of the season, uh, you know, every day. So it was just fantastic to see and just, just so proud. And, you know, the, the first thing that, that Christine and, and Andy and Cass, they got the plaque over and, and Macy was there and they pointed up and they said, we get to get up there. We get to get up on that banner. You know, our, name, our name's going to be up there. And, and you know, they, they, they know what it means. They're part of, of great tradition. They, they passed on a legacy and they're going to be excited to come back in the gym and see their year hanging up on the on the regional champ banner and 
girls uh, that are left behind, the sophomores this year, who are going to come back next year and the year after even, you know, they really get a chance to, you know, put a stamp on the program with their name. And um, we'll just, you know, we'll just see what, what comes about. Hopefully there's going to be more of those two-game, three-game win streaks at the end and a few more than that. So uh, we'll just we'll see what comes about. Just kind of elaborate on that. I mean, I was going to talk about that. I'm glad you brought it up. But like the sophomores yeah. that are on the team and see, you know, we started off one and sixteen, and then we win a regional championship and get to a sectional semi. What does a season like that do for the underclassmen? That like, hey, we're never out of a season. Uh, yeah, for, first of all, uh, you know, I say to them, hey, we don't want to start one and sixteen again. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think the the first thing that that we that we start to talk about is is expectations and the pressure that comes with that. You know, because now it's going to be, you know, hey, you know, you won a regional championship as sophomores, now you're juniors. Okay, what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. As far as what they they may hear and 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 may go on around them and stuff, and and kind of like being one and sixteen to kind of like being your regional champ coming back. You know, we, we need to take care of ourselves in-house and, and we need to know who we are and, and be true to ourselves in, inside the locker room, inside the practice gym, you know, whatever it might be, and be, be as good as we can be and not listen and fall to the expectations of, of what other people think uh, we should be or what we should look like. So we're bringing back a, a group that um, has had more experience in, in varsity games than, than I've ever had um, coming back on the team. You still got to replace, you know, what Christine, Cass, and Andy did for us on the floor, what what leadership they provided, what Macy provided as far as a leader and um, the lessons that she had, you know, sitting on the bench for us. And so now somebody else is going to step into that role and, and other things still need to be picked up. You know, there, there still needs to be leadership. There still needs to be some scoring picked up. And uh, and we're going to add a mix of, of uh, two girls who, who are on the roster, Abby George and Miranda Mazarana, who are, who are now going to start to uh, contribute a little bit more. We've got a group of, of six sophomores who played strictly a, a sophomore schedule this year uh, who we're going to throw into the uh, throw into the roster, and you know, we're going to see what they can do and, and how that blends in. And, and I'm excited about it. There's no doubt about it because um, there, there's depth and there's talent and there's coachability. I, I think that's, that's one of the greatest things about every single one um, of the girls that I've had, and, and in particular with this group, is there's a tremendous amount of coachability. They're good people who want to learn, are smart, are intelligent, are, are going to pick up the game of basketball more and more and the little nuances and things that we can do. You know, we, f- we feel pretty solid about what we have offensively and defensively. Now we can just expand upon that. Not to the point of confusing them, I hope, but um, to the point of, of being able to handle nearly every situation that may come our way, you know, in the next year and two. It's, it's just really exciting, uh, really exciting time. Listening to you speak makes me excited about the future of the Lady Brewers program, too. <laughs> I, I think they should be. You know, I, I really do, and and uh, I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to dig into that a little bit. Like I said this week, as as we do our, our season wrap up and our season review, and start looking ahead to uh, to what we're gonna do this summer, and, and you know what may come. Individually, individuals get better in the summertime, and and, and teams will get better in the season. So hopefully, this is this is a good a good carrot out in front of them to, to improve themselves individually, so that uh, when we come back together at the end of October, beginning of November of 2020, we're uh, we're ready to hit the floor running, literally, for the for the next season. Well, Coach McGonagall, thanks for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Had a great season, and thank you for uh, speaking with us about it. I appreciate it, Brian. Any chance to get a chance to, uh, to talk with you, especially talk basketball, it's a good thing. Always. I'm always here. Past week has been heartbreak or triumph for Class 1A and 2A girls basketball teams. 
and players and coaches and the love of postseason basketball is definitely upon us. I know it's one of my favorite times of the year. I've said that about a million times on Edge of Your Seat Podcast and I'll probably say it a million more. But with me to talk on Edge of Your Seat Podcast is St. Bede Senior Cassidy Brady. How are you, Cassidy? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic, ready to talk some basketball and all kinds of stuff with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Perfect. So what I was leading to in the intro, just speak about it, how awesome the postseason is. Whether you win, whether you lose, of course everybody wants to win. But the environment and the support that you get from you know your peers and your classmates and teachers and coaches and everything, it is a pretty awesome feeling. Yeah, I love the postseason, especially because every game you go out and you don't know when it could be your last game. So, like I told my teammates this before some of our last few games, like we really had to go out and play every play like it was going to be our last play or else it would be. So, I think it's really fun to see just how good you can be and how hard you can push yourself. And then the next day, like after we won the regional championship, like for everyone to be like, great game last night, that's so awesome, like. For everyone to be as excited as you were about it, like the environment is just amazing. So the Lady Bruins entered the St. Bede Regional as the number five seed and had some cuff competition ahead of them. But you guys get into the regional final, then defeat Putnam County, the number two seed, by what was it, forty to nineteen? Yeah. Crazy score. Just talk about that feeling. I mean, five seed get an upset win for a regional title. And it's the first regional title for St. Bede in seven years. Yeah, that was uh, definitely an upset that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. I think that we as a team knew how much better we had gotten since the last time we played Putnam County and lost by five. So obviously going in with the one loss against that team was intimidating. And we knew that they were going to be good and that we were really going to have to play hard. And we've seen them play before. We know they have tough defense, but we also knew that we did too. We had a good offense. If we could just run our stuff the way we know we can, then we could do it. And we went out there and played one of the best games I've ever seen us play together as a team. And we got it done, and it was probably one of the best nights of my life. Wow, so that's pretty high up there. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. What was clicking so well with for you guys? I mean, 40-19 in a regional title game, like I said, that's pretty impressive. And you said it's one of the best games that you guys have ever played. So what was it about that game that made it such a dominant victory? I think that we all knew how hard we were going to have to play and how well we were going to have to come out and perform together in order to beat Putnam County. And I think just like that sense of like needing everyone like we knew that we needed everyone from the bench to the court to in the stands like it was a group effort all around and I think that like working together like that in that common cause really just drove us together to play our best game well as we were talking about the awesomeness of the postseason and heartbreak and triumph unfortunately there's only one team in the entire state tournament process for each class that can say that there's no heartbreak and that's the right. champion. So you yeah. guys get the regional championship. You go into the Putnam County sectional against Aurora Christian. They kind of beat you guys pretty handedly. Season's over, unfortunately, of course. What was going on in your guys' mindset at the end of the game, knowing that your season's over, but knowing that you won a regional and still had a pretty awesome season? 
Yeah, we definitely knew Aurora Christian was going to be a challenge going in. They're a great team, and last time we played them in December, I think we lost by 50-some points. So we definitely had improvement by only losing by around 30 maybe, which still sounds like a lot, but Aurora Christian is really just a great ball club, and I mean, they're they're going to do well for the rest of the tournament. I think that being able to say that we won the regional title was something no one really foresaw within the first 17 games of the season. So I think that that was still just like a really good uplifter for the whole team. And we weren't really too down on ourselves for losing that last game because we got a lot farther than most people thought we would. So it was a rough end to a really good season. Every game that you lose at the end of the postseason is always a little bit of a heartbreak, especially as a senior being the last game I had ever played in basketball. I mean, it was still sad, but I mean, I was so, so proud of how far we had come. Kind of elaborate on what you were talking about. Those first 17 games, you guys went 1-16. and 16. Everybody wrote you guys off as not doing anything for the rest of the season and just kind of preparing for next year. But for then sure. you go 9-9 and nine and finish 10-25, and 25, get the 5 seed, win a regional championship. So just talk about the change from 1-16 and 16 to going 9-9 nine and nine down the stretch and winning a regional championship. There had to be differences of how the team clicked or meshed or even X's and O's. Yeah, we definitely began to click more as a team. With no juniors, we didn't really have that binder there to get us all together to have that common ground because being two years apart in high school it does make a difference but once we all got to know each other and coach brought up Ren Ludford to be our point guard I think that made a big difference too because before we were all trying to figure out our roles for the first 17 games and I think once we kind of had a more definite point guard the other shooting guards could be shooting guards I mean, I'll be the first to admit I am not a great ball handler. I'm not the best at bringing the ball up the floor. So for somebody else to be able to do that the whole time and have one consistent person in that spot so that we could shoot on the wings, we could get better looks into the post, we could get the ball down the floor quicker without turning it over so many times, that made a big difference. And then, like I said before, I mean, we just we became friends. You know, we weren't just playing on the same team. We were hanging out outside of basketball. We were talking more in school. We just became more than teammates. I've had Coach Tom McGonagall on the podcast before. I've talked to him many times over the last eight, nine years. And I'm always asking him about his players, how they play, you know, what he likes about them. I don't know (laughs) if I've ever asked his players about him as a coach. What do you think of Tom McGonagall is a coach and what he's meant to you the last few years on the Lady Bruins basketball team. Coach Tom McGonagall puts in more effort into the sport than I think I've ever seen out of anyone. I don't even know half the hours that he spends in his office or at home working on practice plans, scouting the other teams, but especially in the postseason, he knew the other teams inside and out. Like he knew their plays. He knew what defense we had to run, what offense we had to run to go out and beat them, which obviously led to our regional victory and all the other wins that we had this season. And I mean, he just puts in so much time and so much effort and he cares more than any other coach I've ever seen before. It's amazing to just see his passion for us and for the sport in itself. And I mean, obviously he never gave up and he never stopped believing in us when we were one in 16. He always knew what we had inside of us. He just had to pull it out of us, which obviously he did. So, So in other words, you enjoyed playing for him. 100%. And 
he definitely focuses more, like, of course, he focuses on basketball, but his more major outside look is focusing on what kind of person he's making his players into be for after high school, for after basketball, because he knows that that's not the end of the road for us. He knows that we all have more afterwards, and he cares so much about who we're going to be after, and I think that's really important, too. Totally agree. He is a good man, that's for sure. I agree with that. (laughs) There are also some other good people that you are, you know, in tune with throughout the season. Not only a basketball player, you played volleyball for Coach Kerry Damerill, and you're going to play softball for Coach Rob Rupert. First of all, as a three-sport athlete, three way different sports, but why do you decide to be a three-sport athlete, and what has it, you know, done for you? I've always just kind of been a busybody. I like to be doing something. And, I mean, I I started playing softball when I was seven years old. And, I mean, volleyball and basketball when I was, like, 10-ish in grade school. And I just could never, like, really pick pick one of them to specialize in, per se. I never played on the club team. I never played travel. I always just played all of them. So loved all of them, I guess, and I wanted to keep doing all of them in high school. And even my freshman year, I tried to do volleyball and cross-country at the same time. Eventually, I had to choose there, and I just loved the team aspect of volleyball. So I ended up choosing that and then keeping with basketball and softball for the winter and spring. It's taken a lot to figure out how to manage my time and keep my body healthy, because obviously that's pretty demanding, but it's given me the opportunity to become so much closer with so many other girls because of the different teams and to get to learn how to work under different coaches. And I think they're all just great life lessons to take away. I have heard both views of being a three-sport athlete. I've heard it's good for you because you're using different muscle groups, you're meeting different people, you're learning different skills in each sport. And I've heard the cons or the negatives about it. You know, you can't specialize. You are trying to be okay or good at multiple different sports instead of being great at one. And there's a couple other, you know, disputes or, or arguments about it. Where do you fit in, this, I guess, the, the cycle here? I guess I'm more on the side of I think it's good to be a multi-sport athlete. I think it's good to get different muscles in tune just for protection, obviously, for the other sports. And personally, I was never going to go pro in any of the sports anyway. So, I mean, I guess it's just a good thing to get more involved if I can. I think that specializing is always great, especially if you had that potential there. But personally, for me, that was not going to be the case. So you figured this out early and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to go have fun. Yeah, yeah, I was just, like, mediocre at all the sports, and I was like, well, you know what, I enjoy playing them, I enjoy being on the team, I'm not looking to be the all-star, but go out, so I'm try my best. That is also a good mindset to have. Before we started talking for the podcast here, you said that you're in a long list of clubs, so before I let you list them, I was like, hey, <laughs> let's get on the podcast, we'll talk, and then you can tell everybody what kind of clubs you're in. In school, I am the student government president, and I serve as, like, a representative for the three years prior. I'm in Heritage Club, which is, like, our Spanish club and Chinese club all intermixed, and now we learn about a bunch of different cultures. I am a student ambassador for Mr. McGonagall also. I'm in Interact Club. I'm on the prom committee. There's something else in there that I'm forgetting about, but... 
you know you're in a lot of clubs that after you list six or seven, you still think there's another one that you forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of opportunities to get involved, so I feel like just trying to live at everything. That's awesome. I wish I would have done that in high school or college, and I really didn't. I was involved in a few things that I really, really loved and wanted to do, but there were so many other things that I probably could have done that I didn't, and I think there's a lot of people that do what I did. So for the people that are getting in as involved as you are and can say they did so many things and are learning different things in each one of them, I commend people like that because that's pretty awesome. Thank you. Which one of the clubs or activities that you're involved in is your favorite outside of sports i really love student government because we get to plan out the things like spirit day homecoming week and the turnabout dance so just getting to have that say in some of the major events that all the kids love is really fun we get to pick the student section themes those kinds of things so i like that but i also love heritage club because mrs gonzalez runs it and she just like is constantly coming up with new learning opportunities for us and I think being in a multicultural school that's really important to learn about the different heritages and places people come from to try the different foods to see the different cities so I love that one too. So in other words you love all of the clubs that you're in as well? Yeah and I like all the people that sponsor them they're all great teachers too so. So it just sounds like it's like a win 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 scenario. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, we have established that you're a senior, and in just a few months, and it comes really fast, we think, oh, it's only February, and then all of a sudden May, June is here in a snap of a finger. What are your plans after you graduate from St. Bede? Right now, I'm still waiting to hear back from a few schools to decide where I'm going to college. That part's still really up in the air, but... I know that I think at least what I want to major in chemistry and start off pre-med. My long-term plans are to, end, to eventually go to med school and specialize in pediatric medicine. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have found a interest in the medical field over the past few years. And I mean, what exactly I want to do has changed from pharmacy to veterinary to pediatrics. So could very well change again soon but that's where i'm at right now well that's a good place to be you're still got uh, some time left in high school and you already know at least the kind of field you want to be in maybe not specific but you have a good hunch right yeah yeah a lot of people can't say that at your age let's hope i stick to it <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure even if you don't pick that you'll find something that suits you all the same i'm sure i will well, if you're not in school and you're not running a club, if you're not a president of something, if you're not doing something of the awesomeness that you do, you're on the road. I hear that you like to travel. I do like to travel. I'm not the most experienced traveler yet, but uh, the past spring break, we took a school trip to Peru and got to see Lima and Cusco and Machu Picchu and all of the crazy, beautiful sights that they have there. I'm glad you said the beautiful sights, because when you first say Peru, I'm like, don't you go to school <laughs> in Peru? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely have to specify that one, because I hear Peru that you hear about every day. 
<laughs> Definitely. Just elaborate on the, the trip to Peru. I mean, it had to have been beautiful. It really was. I still sometimes can't even believe that I was there. I'll see pictures online, and I'm like, I stood on top of that mountain, and it's crazy. It was through our Spanish program, so our teacher, Mrs. Gonzalez, who I previously mentioned, took us along with two other chaperones, Mrs. Wilpsey and Mrs. Bess, about 20 kids, I'd say, between last year's juniors and seniors, and we all got on a plane to Peru and spent nine days in the country going from Lima to Cusco and seeing the different sites, like I said, Machu Picchu and different mountains and valleys, and we even did a service project there with some of the locals helping build a an artisan shop, so... It was cool to get to work with them hand-in-hand, hand, speak to them in Spanish, and get to learn a brand new culture. That's pretty awesome. Was there some pretty good food? Yeah, we tried a variety of new foods for sure. They eat a lot of soup there. And then we got to try alpaca and guinea pig. You ate a guinea pig? We ate guinea pig, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. How did it taste? It was- did it taste like chicken? No, not at all. It was <laughs> it was not my favorite food, but it's one of their like most famous delicacies there, and they love it. So I thought I had to try it. Would you eat it again? Um, if there was no other meat left in the world, maybe. <laughs> gotcha. So that's a no. Probably not, but I am glad that I tried it. And how about the alpaca? The alpaca was some of the best meat I've ever had. I would eat that any day. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It was so good. And our teachers wouldn't tell us what it was first because they wanted to make sure we'd all eat it. And then afterwards, they told us, and I was like, well, I will have some of that again. So we ended up having it a day or two before we left. So what did they tell you when you were eating? Like, hey, we're not going to tell you what this is. Just eat it. And you still ate it? Yeah. Well, we asked, and we we're like, what like, what kind of meat is this? And they're like, it's just meat. Just eat it. We'll tell you after. And we we're like, okay. So we all just tried it, and it was so good. All of you are very, very trustworthy of your teachers. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> I don't think I would I could have done it. <laughs> but the good thing is, though, is you loved it, so it really doesn't matter. Right, right. Perfect, perfect. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say that they have enjoyed or ate a guinea pig or an alpaca. Yeah, it's definitely a unique experience that I'm glad we all have. Anywhere else that you've been, traveled to, that you were excited to go to and have fond memories of? I haven't been anywhere else internationally yet, but this coming spring break, my mom and I are traveling to Spain to see my sister Mackenzie, who is currently studying there for the semester. That's awesome. So your sister is studying abroad? Yeah, she is. She's loving it over there. She's having the best time. And Mackenzie, of course, was also a former St. Beat athlete. Correct. So now that you're getting the international feel of travel, getting out of the States, where are a couple places that you want to go? You maybe, maybe down the road after Spain, places that you have a destination or your heart set on going to? I know that I want to see Greece at some point, and I'd love to see Australia, maybe Costa Rica. And after that, I'm just kind of open to seeing anything and everything. Would love to see as many countries as I can, maybe even through just like a few week long study abroad programs in college so that I could get 
go experience new cultures because I think it's so important to see what else is out there just for knowledge. And excitement, of course. Right, of course. It's so exciting. <laughs> Definitely. You can only do so much in the Illinois Valley. Right, yeah. And it's a great place. I love it here, but I like seeing everything else, too. Agreed. I totally agree about it all. And actually, when I first got here, first couple years, I kind of hated it. I'm not going to lie. thought it was really boring. I came from a bigger area. It was boring. You know, that small town vibe where you feel like everybody's got to know everything. You know everybody. You walk down the street. Somebody sees you. They're looking at you trying to figure out what you're doing. You know, it's not really like that in a city. You know, everybody's got their own things going on. Nobody's paying attention. But after you get used to it, you do get used to it and you kind of like it. You're like, I can walk somewhere and I know a couple people in the building and you're, I guess, comfortable is the word to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's it's home. You know, you, you feel like you belong and you know everybody and everybody knows you and it's just a great place to be for the most part. And there are other things to see also, though. obviously, like living in the city, that's a totally different feel, but. Definitely. And depending where you go to college at, you might experience that there. Looking into bigger colleges when I was applying, uh, hoping to see the bigger side of life, what it's like to live in a bigger community on a big campus, and then hopefully after that, figure out long term, do I want to live in the city or small town, Dimmick, LaSalle, Peru. There's pros and cons to both, that's for sure. Right. And you will find out all those if you get the opportunity to. Yes, I'm excited to see what the future brings i'm excited for you too uh, i'm gonna have to have you back on to see where life has taken you <laughs> sounds good it'll be a lot of fun yeah well cassidy i want to give a big thank you for joining edge of your seat podcast we talked sports and education and student government and other clubs we talked about traveling we hit quite the spectrum here Yeah, we did. We did. Well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Have a good night.